Thank you for tuning in to Wove Inspiration Podcast with host Althea Richardson. Wove stands for Women of Vision and Excellence, and the mission is to inspire, encourage, and uplift women and the men who love them to becoming all they were predestined to be. And it starts with restoration. I am super excited to have this special guest on my show today. Her name is Pam McCloskey, and she is someone that I have truly found as a awesome woman of God, as well as a awesome friend. There are not enough words to describe how, uh, how appreciative I am of her, and I am so blessed to have her on my show today. Let me just give you a little bit of background. She is the founder and CEO of Pamsky's Place, LLC. She is also a public speaker, and she is known to be like the fresh wind that changes the seasons. Pamsky, mm-hmm. thank you so much for being on Wove Inspiration. It is such an honor to be here. I am so happy to get to spend some time with you. Yes, ma'am. So, Pamsky, tell uh, the audience a little bit more about yourself as well as what you do. Sure. Well, I am a coach, an empowerment coach. And and the reason I do this, the reason I love coaching and have such a passion for it is, is that there was a time in my life where I really did not know how to get out of what I was feeling and experiencing. I had grown up in an abusive home and it was physically and emotionally abusive. And, you know, until I was about 13, I tried to do, be a good girl and try to do things right and try to um, eliminate as much chaos as possible. But I quickly realized that it didn't matter, that I could not be good enough. I couldn't do it enough. And so, um, when I turned 13, I decided that I was just going to do what I wanted. And so, I got into sex and alcohol and drugs and did that up until I was about, well, when I was 18, I left home. And when I left home, I, you know, there's all this freedom. (laughs) And so I didn't handle that real well. And I ended up moving in with a guy that was abusive and I had gotten pregnant to him. And when I got pregnant to him, it was like, okay, you know what? He's, he's my son's father. I need to try to make this work. And um, I was with him for about three years and one day I came home from work and and he was really upset about something and um, he just started hitting me. And we had a three bed, like a three room apartment and it started in the kitchen, ended up in the living room. And that was also my son's bedroom. And when he got me to the living room, he got me on the couch and he was strangling me. And when I looked up, I saw my son and his face was just beat red screaming. And it was at that moment that I I wasn't a Christian yet, but I knew about God. And it was at that moment that I told God, if you let me live, live through this, I'll change my life. And I blacked out. And when I came to, my son was still in the crib, still crying. Um, his dad was gone. So I grabbed my son and I grabbed the diaper bag and I left. The thing about being in a 
situation like that is you don't have any friends, like all your friends are his friends, and I couldn't go to my family. And so um, I didn't know about shelters. I didn't know where to go. And so I found a home that was empty, and I stayed in it for a month until I learned about some programs that could help me. And I ended up in an apartment and, you know, um, had to deal with some things with his dad and stuff. And eventually, I met a wonderful guy. And, you know, I'd like to say that when you find a wonderful guy, everything's great. It's not because we we got married within four months of, we only dated for four months and we got married. And we did not, I didn't deal with anything. Nobody taught me to do deal with anything. I didn't know how to deal with it. And so, I did become a Christian shortly after we got married. And we fought like crazy. And most of it was because he didn't, I don't think he realized what he was marrying with the baggage I had. And so that first year we were going to get divorced and then I got pregnant. And once I got pregnant, we made that commitment that we're going to make this work. We still fought all the time, but divorce didn't get thrown up all the time. So first six years of our life, we're still fighting. I got pregnant again. Um, I had another daughter. And so by this point, I have three children. And I, you know, I had become a Christian, but part of the problem with becoming a Christian at that point was no, everybody seemed perfect. So I did not know, like, I couldn't talk to anyone about what was going on with me Mm. because I was, I hadn't been drinking all the time, but I had been going to the bar with my friends and I had a friend that lived in another town and I would go with her. And so for six years, I was cheating on my husband and he didn't know. And, you know, you can only do all of that for so long. You got to cover your lies. You know, it's, it's a lot of chaos inside. And you can only do that for so long before it really starts to catch up to you. And I had gotten to a point where I became suicidal. Mm. And I I was suicidal as a teen. So, um, it scared me because I thought, oh, no, I know, you know, this is so familiar to me, but I hated who I was. I hated what I was doing to my husband. I hated all the lies I had to keep up with. And so finally, I got desperate and I decided to go to a Christian bookstore. And when I went in, um, I told God, I said, okay, I don't don't know what's going to help me here, but I need you to do something here. And he did. He gave me, he showed me a book. I brought it home. It was called Lord Change Me. And she talked about how you, your husband might need change. Kids might need change, but the only person you can change is you. And no one ever told me that because no one knew what was going on inside. And, but it scared me because I thought, I don't know what that means, you know? Yeah. But when things get bad, you, you hit that bottom. I decided to go up to my bedroom and I knelt in my bed and I said, okay, God, change me, whatever it takes. Well, <laughs> um, he did. So I do have to, I have to say something here. Do not pray something like that unless you really mean it because he will, he will. Um, And what happened is we ended up having a house fire two months later, lost everything but my Bible and my children. And if that day would have gone the way I had planned, my, my two girls would have died in that fire. But thank, thank God 
they did not. And I'd like to say that things got better, but they actually got worse because I still didn't know how to deal with anything. And now I'm grieving on top of all the anger I had and all, you know, all the other stuff. And so that next year, I became very depressed. Um, I lost my business in the fire. I had a licensed daycare in, in the house. So not only did I lose my house, I lost my job. So that meant I had to go get a job. Um, so it was a huge change. And still not knowing how to do, take, you know, take care of myself and deal with all my emotions. So Finally, we said, okay, you know what? Um, my husband got laid off at the beginning of summer. He was a contractor, which was strange because that doesn't happen. Our, our lease was up. We were living in a little river house, the five of us. Um, and we said, okay, you know what? God, wherever you want to take us, we'll just go. We, he had acquired his mechanics license to work on planes in the Air Force, but never used it. Mm. He had one friend in Dallas, Texas, and he called them and he said, hey, would you take, if I fly there, will you take me around to the other airports? And they said, yes. So, they, he did. Um, and before he came home, he had a job. We had to be there in seven days. We, <laughs> we went. Uh, we didn't have a whole lot of belongings because of the fire. And, and there's a lot of incredible stories about that fire for some other time. But um, so we went to Dallas, Texas. And when we got there, we quickly met a group. We, we started going to a church. And within that church was this group of people that were so real, <laughs> so real. And it was so refreshing to me. I was very drawn to them because I did not know Christians like that. And um, I quickly found out that they were recovering addicts. And one day, one of the wives was talking to another lady, and she said something that just really made me angry. Now, my anger, no one ever saw my anger except in the house. Mm -hmm. I never displayed it outside the house. Well, for some reason, this time I couldn't contain it, you know, and I got so mad at her and I was, I was swearing at her and I laughed. Well, by this point, I knew a little bit about making amends and, you know, owning up to a few things. So I went back to her and I said, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have treated you that way. And she said, you know, about Monday night group, why don't you come? Well, I didn't go because I thought it was going to help me. Mm -hmm. I went because I was a people pleaser and I was afraid to say no, oh. but God will use anything. And will. so I went into the meeting and I listened to these women talk and wow, they had some of the same pain, some of the same fear. Their experiences may have been a little different, but it, it was so refreshing. And so for the next two years, I allow God to work on me. Um, I went through a process that just really helped me understand why I was so angry, why I, why I committed adultery all those years. Now, at this point, point, my husband still didn't know about the adultery. Oh. No. But through my healing, there came a point where I knew God was calling me to tell him, and he did. And I found myself on the floor with him bawling, just crying. And I revealed my adultery. Ow. Well, let me tell you, <laughs> that was old news for me, but new news for him. So we had a lot we had to work through. Mm -hmm. And I knew that, you know, I was risking it, that he might leave me. 
But he had seen such a change in me as I was working on myself that, you know, God's timing is perfect. He knows exactly when to do things. And we just have to trust that. And because he saw such a change in me, that really helped him to work through all the things he needed to work through because of my adultery, you know, the wounds and just the yeah. mind games that you play. And so here's what I want to say about that, though. Uh, we had really great mentors. They told me what, like, my husband had a lot of questions. They told me what ones I need to answer and what ones I didn't. One of the things I had to answer was who were they? I'm mm-hmm. like, serious? I have to say that? Wow. And, and it was like, yes, you, you need to tell them who they were. So I did. Okay, so remember that as I go through the rest of this story. So, my husband had seen such a change in me. He said, you know, maybe there's some things that I need to work on. What woman doesn't want to hear that? You know, and to me, it was so strange because, because I thought, well, wait a minute here. You know, he just seems so perfect compared to me. He didn't have the background I did. But we began to realize again that we had a lot of the same stuff. He just acted differently than I did. He mm-hmm. was more of a people, he wanted people's approval. Of course, he had the people pleasing too. I just took things to more extreme. And so when after we both had worked hard on ourselves, God called us out of Dallas and we thought we were going back to Pennsylvania to our stomping grounds to a church that uh, we had gotten married at. And in fact, God, it looked like he closed that door and he took us to Kentucky. And we um, ended up in a house that we had prayed for for 10 years. We loved where, what we were doing. And um, we quickly didn't mean to start a ministry because, um, <laughs> to, you know, this is funny. Uh, it is. It is. But, you know, this is who we are. Like, you know, God brought us through such a healing that, you know, that we can't shut up about it. And yeah. so people were very attracted to what we could do and the, the things we could share. And, you know, and so we were there maybe a year and a half. And the church that we had gotten married at in Pennsylvania called us and said, hey, somebody sold some lands and we want to bring you in to do the ministry here. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Uh, You know, and I said, well, we need some time to pray about that. And they said, sure, you know. And so we did. My husband and I prayed about it. And one day I just remember sitting on the edge of the tub and I said, I'm afraid to tell God no. Because if you look at my prayer journals, you could see I knew we were going back to Pennsylvania. I knew God was going to call us back. I didn't particularly want to go back, but I knew he was going to. And I said, I'm afraid to tell him no. My husband said, me too. And I said, well, I guess we have our answer. So we called the church and we said, look, we have this ministry going here. We just can't leave these people. So can you give us, you know, a year to make sure these people are where they need to be for us to come? And they said, sure. So that's what we did. All right. So it's time to go to Pennsylvania. We come back to our stomping grounds. I'm telling you within one month. We are, you know, we started the ministry and, and it was, it was God divine. It really was. It was amazing. And we were, we did the ministry for six years. And, but one month after we got back to our stomping grounds, we were at an event and one of the guys was there. Oh, and 
he came up to us and he was talking to us. And when he was done, he walked away. And my, I, I looked at my husband and I said, are you okay? He said, yeah. He said, are you okay? I said, yeah. And I realized at that moment what true freedom is. Yeah. When I admitted to somebody else about my adultery, there was a lot of freedom in that. When I forgave myself, there was a lot of freedom in that. When I told my husband, there was a lot of freedom in that. But when we stood in front of that man and it, Satan could not use it, that was total, total freedom. And it made me realize that if we keep things in secret, it gives Satan the right to use it and he will. You know, and and what a testimony for our marriage, you know, because and I'll tell you today, I'm so glad we did the hard stuff. I could have missed out on the best thing in my life Mm -hmm. if we wouldn't have done the hard stuff. And so this propelled me into what I'm doing now because it's like women need to know, you know, whether you're in business or you're a stay-at-home mom, you know, we all experience hardship. We all experience things that are either traumatizing or disappointing. Sometimes we do things because we act out because we don't know what to do with all of our stuff. (laughs) And I wanted a place where women could come in, get the tools that they needed. Because one of the beautiful things that happened was not only did I have the tools to work on myself, I also found a place that was doing events and workshops that were really, really informative and really good. And I, and, and I was a part of a community. Because see, if you're going to heal, you can't heal by yourself. Exactly. And if you surround yourself with good people who can help guide you and you start to realize you're not the only one, it's beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. So that's where my passion comes from because it's like, you know, I want a place that women can come where they can feel safe to talk about things, where they can get the tools that they need to be able to deal with some of the things that they're dealing with, people pleasing, you know, self-loathing, not knowing how to forgive. Uh, what do you do with low self-worth? How do you, what do you do with conflict and resolution? What are boundaries? You know, what do you do with those? How do you even have them? And so those are the things that I teach in Pamsky's place. And then I have the community part so that they know they're not alone. And, And I love it. I absolutely positively love what I do. Now, If I were doing a, the video of this, after everything that you just shared with me and looking at you today, I would say, girl, you lying. You did not go through all of that. There is absolutely no way in this world, first and foremost, that after everything that you went through, you're still sane, <laughs> for one thing, which goes yes. to show that God is absolutely in control of every situation and every circumstance that we experience in our lives. One of the things that I know as a counselor and of of women, when an individual is in a domestic violence situation and they, they are eventually able to 
escape out of that, they find themselves going right back into kind of like the same environment, but of course, a different face in a short period of time. Why do you think that is? Um, I believe it's because, well, I think it's because if you don't deal with certain things, like for me, the low self-worth, I, when I married my husband, I didn't think I deserved him. I really did not. But I'll tell you why I didn't go back. It took me a long time to get out. And when I got out, it was like that epiphany of what I did not want anymore. Now, I will tell you, when I got out, I did start going back to the bar scene. It, it, I, and it could have happened. Mm-hmm. But there was this, I do not want that again. And some of my friends were going right back into those situations. And I, I thought, you know what? This is not what I want. I need to find somebody who's not the bad guy, you know, somebody who genuinely loves. And, and I found them. Yeah. But what, what was hard was I didn't know how to treat him. Like I didn't, I, I loved him dearly. You know, my adultery was not about me not loving him. I loved him dearly. Mm-hmm. It was all about me not accepting me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and it's a hard place to be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what I want to say to women who are stuck in it is, is that, you know, I have an acronym. It's bold because I started thinking about how how did I become resilient? How how did I become resilient? You know, and and I came up with an acronym and I said, you know what, if you want to be resilient, if you want to get out of what is going on with you, there's a few things that you can do without going too, too deep. Okay. Yeah. And, and you have to be bold and bold does not mean that you feel courageous. It means that you just courageously make that step, a different step than what you've been doing. And you push through the fear. It's not that you're not going to feel that fear. It's not that, you know, because I was deathly afraid when I left. I was afraid of what's he going to do? How am I going to take care of my child? Where am I going to go? Like there was a lot of fear. But being bold, B is breaking out of that victim mentality. Like, were you a victim? Yes. But you don't have to stay a victim because as long as you're in that victim mentality, you're stuck. Mm-hmm. You're stuck. The O stands for um, own what is yours. Own your own feelings, your own thoughts. You don't have to mesh into somebody else. Somebody else does not have to tell you how to feel. Take responsibility for what's yours. You know, I had to take responsibility for what I had done. Else, let go. You know, let go of your resentments, let go of your unrealistic expectations, uh, let go of the lies, let go of the mistakes. And D is deepen healthy relationships, because again, we cannot heal um, without a community. They can't fix it for us, but they definitely can give us encouragement and they can show us some things that we can't see on our own. Now, in this bold, you could go pretty deep with it. But what I say to women is just pick one thing out of each letter. 
you know, think of think of maybe the easiest thing that you can let go of. Think of the easiest thing that you can do to not have that victim mentality, you know, and and go through each one of them. Because here's the thing. If you can do just a little bit, I know when you're in this situation, it's hard to breathe. It's hard to even imagine doing anything. But if you can do just a little bit, it will build your self-confidence. It will help you see that you don't have to be stuck in this. Amen. Amen. You know, you just don't. How can people get in contact with you? And I also know that you have a thriving while alive assessment that people can do. So how can people get in contact with you in regards to your services, as well as speaking engagements, and also to do that assessment? They can go to my website, and I'm sure you're probably going to put the link in for that. And everything is there. The assessments first, you know, it's the first thing when you go to my website, you're going to see it. It's six questions. It makes it really easy um, because I, I really don't like those assessments that are really long. And so it's only six questions. It helps you to discover what obstacle you might have in your way of you being able to be your God-created authentic self. Mm-hmm. And because that is desperately what I wanted. To, like, I always had that feeling that there's something better. There's something I, I'm created for more than this, but I was too bogged down with everything. And so, the assessment will help you to discover, okay, what, what is maybe my obstacle and being able to start there? And once you take the assessment, then you're going to start, I start giving you some emails that has really good information in it to get you started. And then you can always reach out to me. You know, Pamsky's place is, is the place to come to learn if you're ready and you want change, you want to be in Pamsky's place. Yes. Um, but if you're not ready for that, and you just want to learn how to set some boundaries, I also have a boundaries course that you can go through that you don't have to be in Pamsky's place to do it. Awesome. This is some great information. And all of the links, even in particular, the assessment will be on the show notes at the end of this show. Wonderful. Is there any last words that you would like to leave with this listening audience? Yes. So I read a quote once that just really hit home for me. And it's uh, from Kim Pothier. And it says, a broken crayon still colors beautifully. Beautifully broken is where God does his best work. And it really made me think about how broken I felt and how I felt like I had no purpose, that surely I'm not good for anything. I mean, that was the big lie in me. And I don't know if if you know what a, a, a um, kinsagi is. Okay. It might be pronounced uh, kinsagi. It's actually where... It's a Japanese word, and it's where they will take a broken ceramic. Yes, you yes, know what I'm yes, going to say. I know what you're a bro- yes, a broken ceramic um, bowl, plate, or whatever. And, and they actually take lacquer, and they put some powdered uh, gold or silver in the lacquer, stir it all up, and they, they put in the cracks this lacquer 
and piece it all back together. And that plate or that bowl is actually more valuable like that than it, you know, even before it was broken. And I think about that because I think about how God puts our pieces back together. Like you said, I mean, you look at me today and it's really hard to believe that this is what I've gone through, but that's because God can totally heal you. He puts those pieces back together and guess what? You're way more valuable. You, he has so much that he wants to do with you and through you. So if you are listening to this right now and you feel like the inside of you is just a thousand pieces I want to encourage you to keep going. Let God heal you. Allow him to put those pieces back together and make you whole. Because when he does, you will experience things that you can't even imagine. And he doesn't just do it for me. He doesn't just do it you know, for other women. He wants to do it for you. So hang in there and take those steps that you need to take and allow people to help you. It was hard for me to let people help me because I was quite independent. (laughs) But again, you need community and you need other people to walk alongside of you. Amen. Pam, it has been such a wonderful conversation. And I am so thankful to, again, know you and everything that you have overcome everything that you have been through and the key word being through meaning it was only temporary is amazing so thank you so much for sharing such a wealth of information oh thank you so much for having me this is althea with wove inspiration podcast you guys have an awesome day take care god bless hey this is althea host and producer of wove inspiration podcast Wove Inspiration features women and the men who love them who use their voice to share their stories of overcoming obstacles in life. Everyone has a story, some good, some not so good. The common factors for guests on Wove Inspiration are their solutions and their victorious endings. You can follow us and leave a comment on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under Wove Inspiration. You can also subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other platform you listen to podcasts.